you're here tonight. And I encourage you to take your Bibles and find the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter number 5 tonight. Good to have Matthew visiting with us. Matthew's no stranger. And uh, he's a friend of the ministry and we appreciate him. Known him for many, many years now. And uh, uh, a member down there at Zion Independent Baptist Church in Hazlitt. It's Hazlitt, right? Hazlitt and uh, Pastor Kevin D'Angelo's old church. And so pray for them as they're still looking for a pastor. And Lord, help them and open doors for that. So we're glad he's here tonight. It's always good to see you, my friend. Thank you for coming up. And uh, we have been looking at the book of Nehemiah and uh, studying what God has to say here to and through the prophet as they are going back to Israel, rebuilding the walls. And uh, after their return out of captivity, again, I don't want to keep rehashing the same things we keep saying, just, but again, you've all, most of all been here, so you, uh, you know, you watch some of these shows on TV, and, and the show literally could be 20 minutes, but every time they come back from a commercial break, they got like a, a, a four-minute recap on what you just saw on the last segment. It's like, I don't need this recap. I just, I, just, just continue with the story, but they have to stretch it out for an hour as you watch one of these, you know, mysteries about, you know, how they solved the murder case or whatever. And it's like, dude, just and like we said before. And so I don't want to be guilty of that because you should know what, what we've studied and learned and, and your memory should be uh, good enough to remember last Sunday night. I know that sometimes it is scary. Uh, somebody asked me what I did this week and I'm like, I don't know, except I was, I, I, <laughs> I was constantly running, doing stuff. And so I'm trying to remember what, I, what exactly I did. So I get that, that part of forgetting stuff. Now, in chapter number five, we talked about the famine that hit the land and how the people were in dire straits because they had, uh, because of the famine, they had to take out loans to pay their taxes and food bills and everything else. And then the, these loan officers or loan sharks had a, were charging them an exorbitant amount of interest and they had to sell their property and, and, uh, in order to uh, uh, stay alive, basically, and not go into bond slave. Now, when we talk about slavery in the Bible, and people often use, well, in the Bible they had slavery. It's, it's the same word, but it's not, it's not what we think about when we think of slavery that took place with the African slave trade and other, and, uh, and, and the same with the, the Jews in Egypt. And it, it was a, in other, if you went into debt in Israel, they didn't have like, government bailout programs. You basically couldn't pay your debt, so you went into servitude. You went to work for somebody. You paid off that. You went to work for the person maybe you were in, uh, in debt to as a servant. They didn't beat you. They didn't, you know, strap you to a, a post every night. This was servitude. And then you could, and the Bible, that's what the year of Jubilee, they worked seven years. And at that end of that seven years, the, the debt was done. And then you could choose to either go free and start life new or decide, you know what, I really like working for this guy and I've got a good deal in this household and I'll, I'll just choose to stay here and, and work here instead of trying to go back out there. And they had a deal where basically they, the, the, the way you marked yourself that you were promised to, 
be this guy's servant. Again, I'll use the word slave, but it's more of a, a, a servant type mentality. They you know, put your ear up against the, the post and they drove a hole through your ear and kind of marked you as this is a guy's a, a servant. So it's not, again, the slavery in the way we think of slavery. And when these people's children had gone off into, into servitude or slavery, as the Bible calls it, uh, they were going to be gone for seven years and working off the family debt. And whatever they, and again, it's not a pleasant thing. It doesn't mean it's an unhappy thing for these kids to be taken. I'm not trying to justify what's going on, but this was how they, again, you, you made this arrangement. And so now uh, your children, years ago, in, in, they, they had debtors' prisons. And you didn't pay your bills, you went, which is a, a horrible thing. Uh, but uh, many a person went off into a debtor's prison. And, and there you uh, were punished because you didn't pay back your debt that you said you were going to pay back. And so all over uh, Europe, uh, and even here in the United States, they had debtor's prison. I, now I, I, I shouldn't say this, but I believe it was Robert E. Lee, his father, uh, was a, went into debt and uh, and had all kinds of financial problems, and uh, so the, it's, it's a, it was a common thing for a person to go into debt and uh, and to go off into, into servitude and in the Bible days, and so Jews were not allowed uh, to uh, keep somebody after seven years. You were you had to uh, go finish that off, and uh, so that's the understanding. But again. It, the idea that these people had broken the Bible by exacting this usury upon them, this exorbitant amount of interest that they couldn't pay back, that's where the, the, what, what upset Nehemiah. And, uh, and he uh, got upset. We saw last week how he dealt with that situation and shamed them that they had broken the Bible, they had disobeyed the Scriptures by uh, charging interest to their own blood, their own Jewish families, and, uh, and that should not be so. And the debts were forgiven, and they were allowed to go back to their home, and children were returned. Now, in, in the first uh, 13 verses, we saw the, the greed of these, uh, these loan officers. And my friend, greed is a terrible thing, and if we're not careful, it can affect all of us. Uh, sometimes we just get a little taste of something, and you know what? What's the what was Lay's potato chip? What was their slogan years ago? Bet you just can't. Just, and, and, and can anybody eat just one potato chip? You pop one of them bad boys in your mouth, you. And <laughs> you got a handful. And uh, my friend, that's the way sin is. Sometimes we get a little taste of something. And we go, kind of like that. And if you're not strong in the Lord or just a strong individual, you'll find yourself getting sucked into that thing and you want a little bit more. And the Bible warns about greed. And thank God for there's many, many people in this life who, who money cannot touch them. They cannot be bought. Money holds no attraction for them. God is providing. God is taking care of their needs. And, and they're not looking to get rich and, and rip everybody off and, and grab everything they can. And so we're going to see a contrast between the, 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 the loan officers in Israel compared to the man Nehemiah himself how, and how he was God's man. 
Let's pray and we'll ask God to help us in this time we have. Now, Father, we're thankful we can be here, thankful for the Word of God, and thankful for faithful men who stand up and oppose evil and wickedness, and uh, men who, like Nehemiah, who stood up and cried out against those loan officers, men like the prophet Nathan, who stood up to King David, and other great men throughout the Bible who stood up knowing that it may even cost their lives. You think, think of John the Baptist, how he stood up to King Herod and and called him out on his sin, even though it eventually cost him his own head. Lord, help us to be of such boldness and of such character. Bless this time now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now again, the, the, the last section of this fifth chapter of Nehemiah, again, is a personal testimony by Nehemiah of the uh, ungreedy way in which he governed the Jews. Again, it's a contrast to the those who were greedy. And, and relating this personal testimony, again, at this point in the Bible, I think it's appropriate that he does this. For it shows, again, how he was quite different from those who were greedy. You know, I know people who won't ever go back to church. They were part of a good church. They were very faithful. And uh, the pastor of that church became very greedy and, and abused people. And when it all came out, they, they quit church. And they think almost every pastor is that way. And again, my friend, that's not the case. Uh, we go to a lot of places where we can get ripped off and not even know it. And yet we go back. And uh, we, we've been to restaurants. I usually give people two shots. Amen. Well, the first time was kind of bad. And, uh, you know, maybe the waitress was having a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. Uh, or maybe the mechanic was, you know... I know as a mechanic myself, you have days where you just don't really feel like doing your job and you just kind of put an automatic pilot and just go through it. And you won't give the customer really all the bang for the buck that they paid because you just kind of, it's not with you that day. Now, maybe that's me. You guys are probably all different. But uh, sometimes you just get like, I want to go home and I don't feel like doing this. So let's just... And uh, we, used to, we used to jokingly say, how's it look? I can't see it from my house, so it looks good. And, <laughs> we, and we, I'm sure Joe in the cleaning business, how's it look? I can't see it from over here, and, we, and you're good to go. Miss Yesenia has to be good because they got cameras watching her every move in that vehicle, so they got, she has no choice, and, and speedometers watching to make sure she doesn't go one ounce over the, uh, the speed limit there. That job would kill me. That camera would suddenly find a disconnect. I don't know what happened. We're just sitting here next thing, and it's just things happen. But in Nehemiah here, when we see his life and what he does, he's, he's a testimony to these people who have been burnt, these people who have been hurt uh, by others around them. And now they're going to look at Nehemiah. Well, what kind of man do we have? Is Nehemiah a greedy man? Is everybody in this country greedy? Is everybody out to get us? No, they're not. There are good, decent people. And we see this with our, with our, our hero here in Scripture. He says in verse number uh, 14, Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year, even unto the 2 and 30th year of Artaxerxes the king, that is 12 years, I and my brethren have not eaten bread of the governor. But the former governors that have been before were chargeable unto the people. And have taken of them bread and wine, besides forty shekels of silver, yea, even their servants bear rule over the people. But so did not I, because of the fear of God. So when we look at Nehemiah, what's going on here? 
he talks about how he uh, was go for, foregoing the charges. Now, this foregoing, again, of this privilege of, of, of making the people pay for his expense. The former governors, you know, we have a governor, and our governor probably lives very good. He doesn't pay for a single meal, and everything is taken care of. And and he lives quite well, I'm sure. Our governor, he's also he's also a multimillionaire before he got into office, and by the time he leaves office, he'll be a double double multimillionaire. It's amazing how you can do that on two hundred thousand dollars a year, but somehow that's how math works in politics. You can make two hundred thousand dollars a year, and after four years, you're, you're worth twenty million dollars. It's amazing how money works, and God bless him. But Nehemiah pointing out, he said, you know, the whole time I've been here. I have not taken a dime for my job and my services here. I have eaten nobody's bread. And he continued to do his job. And again, it makes a contrast between the the former governors. So Nehemiah was not a man who was greedy of gain. Now, Nehemiah had probably a salary coming in from, because remember, he was a king's cupbearer. And maybe he had plenty of money from that job and he was living off of. Maybe he was getting money from uh, the Persian Empire, but he took no money for what he was doing here and now. He was not charging the people for what he was doing now. He says here in these verses, as we continue to talk about how he was foregoing all these charges and wouldn't take pay and wasn't uh, uh, making the people pay for his job. He continues in verse number 16, talking about, Yea, also I continue to work on this wall, neither uh, bought we any land, and my servants were gathered thither unto the work. Again, greedy people are always in a rush to push others down and, and take special privileges. Politics is filled with special privileges. Ethan was telling me, and I'll tell this story about Ethan, it's a good story. I have a friend who basically runs the UPS plant out there in Sea Caucus. He used to be a teenager in my youth department back in the 1980s. And after high school, he got a job loading trucks, and now he's the, the big kahuna out there. He runs the show. And I'm still very good friends with him. So I called him. I said, Mike, I said, uh, Ethan needs a summer job. You got any openings out there? And he got Ethan a job there loading trucks. And then when Ethan told the guys around him, Ethan told his boss as well, they said, how'd you get the job? And he said, well, I know Mike. And they go, you know Mike? He goes, that's my boss's boss. So Ethan knew people. <laughs> Ethan knew my friend. And, uh, and, and so they gave Ethan a lot of slack because Ethan had connections. So that's our connections. You want, you want a job? I'll get you into UPS where you can be a slave, okay? And so you can work at UPS. Now, Mike did not tell Ethan, no, listen, hang out in the office. We'll sit here. Mike works very hard. You don't want that job. You don't, you don't have a life at working for UPS. You, you're, you're there 20 hours a day, and, 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 and they're constantly calling you. It's a, he gets paid probably a good buck, I'm sure, but it's, it's, it's a, it, takes a, it takes a toll on you. So Ethan had that. And I had that going for him. He knew people. So no boss ever complained about Ethan's work, although he did work hard, because Ethan knew somebody. And here we see, in in the case with Nehemiah, you know, people like to... You want to use that power. 
You know somebody, so you use that power to get a position. You use that power to maybe get an extra perk at your job. Again, this is the way in politics. You ever look at politics, you know, you look at a town, any town. Well, how'd this guy get this job? Well, he knew somebody. Well, how'd this one get working in the, in the, in the secretarial office? Well, she knew somebody. And, and you see this stuff go on. I worked in the town hall in and, and, and one office, and we had to take one big giant radiator and move it from this wall over to that wall and take the little radiator that's on this wall and move it over to that wall. So we had to switch radiators. And so I said, why are we switching the radiators, by the way? Well, the girl at the big radiator doesn't like the heat. And the girl at the little radiator likes a lot of heat. And so me being just an idiot, well, why don't they just switch desks? And the guy goes, oh, 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 no, they, they can't do that. That's, that's, that's her desk. That's her spot. So they got to call a plumber in, turn the heat off in the town hall for, in the middle of January for four hours while we are moving furniture and, 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 and moving radiators around the office because these two women know people. It's the only reason they got the job because they're both dumb as a block and, and, and got that job and, and, and sit there and won't move. That, my friend, is how things work in Washington. That's why you know why nothing gets done very well in this country. <laughs> and this country works in spite of the people in charge. It truly does. <laughs> and so uh, we don't elect the brightest amongst us. We elect the most personable and those with the uh, most self-confidence, even though they have nothing to offer. The people, with the people with no self-confidence have the brains. They just don't have any self-confidence. And the people with self-confidence have no brains, but there they are. So next time, I love this guy. He's probably a moron, but you're going to vote for him anyway. Now, with all that said, Nehemiah is making the case here that I was not a man who was guilty of using my position, my job, to obtain anything. And surely, in the position I had of authority, I could have went out there and I could have picked some fine land. And I could have said, you know, I want this. And everybody would have bowed down and said, yes, give Nehemiah that land. But I would not do that. Because I would not want to be chargeable to anybody. I want everybody to say, you know what, the man's honest. And the man's doing the work of God. And I don't want anybody looking at me and ever saying something about me. Even though I had the right to have this, I would not do it. And so again, greedy people always take advantage of us. Greedy people always take what's best for them. We think of Abraham and how Abraham looked at Lot and said, Lot, look everywhere you want. Which, which part of the land you want? And Lot chose the, the most well-watered and, and the prime real estate to take. The only problem was on that prime real estate were the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which destroyed his entire family. And Abraham said, it really doesn't matter to me what you want. I, I'm served God. God will take care of me. And if you take the best, I'll take what's over here. It's, it's all good. God's in control. So often we get upset about people ripping us off. God knows what's going on. I'm not saying don't defend yourself. I'm simply saying don't get too stressed about it. God will take care of you. You know, Ahab stole Naboth's vineyard. How'd that turn out for Ahab, by the way? How'd that turn out for his wife, Jezebel? I was reading that the other day. I always liked that portion of the Bible where they take Jezebel and throw her out the window. That's like, I love that story. And then the horses trample her, and then the dogs come over and eat her. I wrote in my Bible, and the Bible says where it says, then the dogs ate her. I wrote, good boy. Good. I, I would have I I threw those dogs an extra milk bone. Good boy. 
Good boy. <laughs> Some good dogs right there, amen? I love that story because that's a wicked, wicked woman and Ahab's a wicked, wicked man and they got their just desserts for all their murders and crimes and all the things they had done to society. God has a way of leveling it all out, my friend, at the end of the day. So don't get too upset when you see people who Nehemiah is talking about here, how they're going for the best. It won't always turn out so well. Nothing wrong with getting something the best if you pay for it and you do it right. You get it dishonest, God knows. God knows. And so Nehemiah here says, you know what? I, you can't look at me and say, I did these things. And I, and I was not greedy of ease. I was not a man who was looking to, to, for luxury. He says in verse number 17, Moreover, there were at my table 150 of the Jews and, and rulers besides those that came unto us among the heathen, that are about us. What's he saying here in these verses? He's telling us here in these verses, Nehemiah did just the opposite of the greedy. He provided for other people. He provided. Instead of having everybody take care of him, Nehemiah reached into his own wallet and took care of other people. And how often we want to, everybody to take care of us. Now listen, I got friends not in this church, but in the ministry. We call them, they got alligator arms. Anybody know what alligator arms are? They, they, they just can't reach their wallet. They just always, you know, they're always... Or we call it the Baptist bun sign. When it comes time to pay the bill, they're like... <laughs> and so there I am, reaching in my wallet. And these guys sometimes have a lot more money than I got, but they, they'd be hard-pressed to... See him ever spring for the bill. Why is that? Why is that? Well, my friend, that's just the way it is. Be careful if your friend's got alligator arms. And you better not have alligator arms. Stop looking for everybody to do something for you. By the way, you don't get from God because you get from people. You get from God when you learn to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And you learn that lesson, God will take care of you. God will provide for you. And, and, and in God's provisions, by the way, it comes in a million other blessings besides monetary. I keep saying that to you. But Nehemiah keeps talking about all these things that he's done. And we continue to read verse 18. Now they, that which was prepared for me was daily was, was an, one ox and six choice sheep and fowls were prepared for me. And one in ten days store and all sorts of wine, yea, Yet all of this required not I bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon the people. This is, by the way, in order to feed everybody, that's what it took to feed all these people. They weren't eating bologna sandwiches. They had to kill an ox, sheep, and fowls, and, and, and everything. And, and all this was taken to take care of the people. Nehemiah did just the opposite of the greedy. He provided for others at his own expense. And whereas the greedy took from others at other's expense. And how one uses privilege of wealth or position really reveals his character. It really does. Again, there's a lot of rich people who are very generous. I know a few of them, and they're very generous people. And they give out, and they, and they take care of others, and they, they meet the other's needs, and, and, and they're always a blessing. Sometimes I feel bad going out to dinner with them because it's like, you know, dude, let me pay. Let me give. No, you put your money away, preacher. Your money's no good here. And well, I feel bad. I'm not one of those guys, let's go out tonight, sweetheart. Maybe we'll get a free meal out of the guy. You know, that's not how we roll. 
It's not. I, if, I feel guilty constantly taken from somebody, and I don't want somebody to constantly have to give to me. Like I'm some mooch, I'm not. And we would all have that same mentality. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll pay my way. But sometimes somebody wants to be a blessing to us. And here's a truth I learned a long time ago. If somebody wants to bless you with something, don't resist it. Again, I have to say this carefully. Some people take advantage of this. I'm talking to those who know how not to take advantage. If somebody wants to bless you, let them be a blessing to you. Do not rob them of a blessing. By them blessing you, they're really in return looking for God to do something for them. And when we say, no, 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 and we won't let them be a blessing, we rob them of what God might want to do for them. That's biblical principles in giving and how it works. And by the way, you give to somebody, you don't need to announce it. I have friends on social media, I just bought a stranger a meal tonight. He has no idea who I am, but I bought this guy. And they post a picture of the guy from across the room. I bought that guy a meal. Dude, you just got your reward. You just got your reward. But you didn't get, you're not getting anything from God. You just got your pat. And, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so generous. You're so... Yeah, you're, you're a bum. And you want recognition is what you want. I'm sure you have done stuff. And I have done stuff that the world will never, ever know about. It's just between us and Almighty God. And God knows how to bless it back upon people. And Nehemiah, again, is a man who, who's looking at everybody and saying, I want you to understand what I've done and how I've operated here. Now, why did Nehemiah do this? Why was Nehemiah? Because the Bible does teach, by the way, that the laborer is worthy of his hire. That's a Bible truth. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul teaches that a church has a responsibility to take care of a preacher and pay for a preacher. He talks about how the, if the preacher sows you uh, spiritual things, does he have a right to, to reap your carnal things, which is your money? And so, again, one hand's washing the other. Preacher feeds you the Word of God. Well, let's take care of the preacher. That's reciprocal. That's how it works. And people have the idea that, well, we shouldn't pay a preacher. No, you pay a preacher because you pay anybody who does a service and, and, and is, is doing their job. You do that. And the Bible uh, encourages that. The Bible tells us to be givers and to make sure that somebody else is, is provided for. Now, why did Nehemiah do all these things? And again, he's doing it for a reason. The Apostle Paul, by the way, when he was in Corinth, he never took a salary from the Corinthians. Remember, Paul wasn't a pastor, he was an evangelist. And Paul survived on love offerings from other churches. And when there was no love offerings coming in from other churches, how did he survive? Well, he went to work and he made tents. And when finally uh, somebody would catch up, hey, this is from the church in Philippi, hey, this here's an offering from the churches in Macedonia, and, and we want to be a blessing, and they would... And Paul was paid for his services as a pastor. He did receive money, and, but again, when money was tight, he went to work. And, and I have a lot of friends who are pastors, and they work part-time jobs, not because they're looking to get rich, but they're just looking to survive, to make ends meet. And I have a problem today with preachers who are doing uh, an extra business because that business turns out to be their main focus and goal in life. And they're looking to become rich off of that while they do ministry on the side. How it should work is a man should focus on ministry. And if he has to do something, he does it on the side just to help maintain. I haven't gone to work as a plumber 
uh, mostly all of, of January because my knee is killing me, and, and I, I can't do a whole lot right now till I get that gel shot in it, uh, which I'm waiting for. And uh, so I haven't been to work as a plumber. When I do go to work, I don't do it because I love plumbing and I'm looking to get rich as a plumber. No, I do it because, one, I'm helping my brother-in-law, and two, it's an extra few bucks for me. But I've often told my brother-in-law, listen, I, I'm scheduled for today, but I, I can't come in today. What happened? Well, we got a funeral. Or so-and-so went to the hospital, and I can't come in. I'll, I'll make it up. I'll come in tomorrow. And my brother-in-law's been very good with me. Christy's dad, very flexible with me. And we've had this arrangement. And sometimes I'll go in for two days. But again, my goal was not plumbing. My goal was always ministry. Minist plumbing was over here just to help supplement some things and to help some things out along the road. And Paul would do that. Paul would supplement his income with uh, making tents when t things were tight. But Nehemiah is helping these people understand some things. Now, Nehemiah, he acted this way because of threefold. Verse number 15. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people and had taken them bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. Yea, even their servants bear rule over the people. But so uh, did not I. Why? Because of the fear of God. Nehemiah did not act like the greedy former governors. Why? Because he feared God. Uh, can I encourage you? Godly people ought to act differently. You know, when I, I told you last night I was going down to uh, the auto zone uh, to get something. And as I was on my way there, the, a, a lady hit a transformer, a pole, the transformer, all of Walmart, all of Wawa, uh, auto zone, this little mall there, as well as a Taco Bell, the power was all knocked out. I quick made a U-turn and got out of there. I thought to myself, how would you like to be in Walmart right now in the dark? Yeah. I thought, and I, for, forgive me, but I'm sure everybody was in Walmart saying, let us put our products down and wait for the lights to come back on and let none of us dare make an attempt to steal anything. Do you think... Now, if I was in Walmart in the dark, I first of all, I'd be praying to Jesus, please, Lord, power, lights, we need power in here. And I can't see nothing. I'm sure they got backup generators. But it would never cross my mind to walk out of that store with anything. This is the chance to, for me to break a run. And I'm, I can't run anyway with, it, with my knee. But I, I, I never would think about, this is a chance to steal something. Wouldn't cross my mind. This is a chance to be a help and a blessing to somebody while I'm here. Why? Because I fear God. I know there's a God in heaven who's watching Matt Swikowski. And if Matt Swikowski did something illegal, if I stole $100, I guarantee you it would cost me $3,000 when God got done with me. That's how God operates. Oh, really? You, you like that? You like your washing machine? Pfft. Oh, your car. Pfft. Oh, look at that. You're, you know, and, and next thing, oh, your kid broke his arm. Oh, the next thing you know, I'm going broke here. How'd you like that $1,000? I'm just letting you know, God has a way. You always, always be honest. Because why? You fear God. And Nehemiah was an honest man, and he did what he did because he knew God was watching him. And his fear is not because he was afraid God was going to kill him or strike him down, but he loved God, he respected God, and God's character was upon him. 
and how much differently our politicians would act if they feared God. Just think of every politician feared God. Don't you love it when they came? We, we, we have to, we, we're coming up with a new tax. We don't need new taxes in this country. The government takes in enough money. They keep spending it or stealing it, so they're looking for new ways to come up with something. It just, it just, it just, really, it's, it's, it's sad. With, and it'll all come out of the judgment seat when they meet Almighty God, by the way. How much is just, we, we could really live a whole lot better if the government just didn't tax us into oblivion because they keep wasting or stealing our money and putting it into foolish things. If they feared God and, and, and worshipped Him, it would be a whole lot better. He says in verse number 18, Now that which was prepared for me daily, again, was the, the ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me. And once in ten days stores of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required not I bread of the governors, because the bondage was heavy upon the people. Again, Nehemiah is doing these things because, again, the feeling for the people... He required, for all this, he required, I not bread of the governors because of the bondage that was heavy upon the people. What bondage was heavy upon the people? The tax burden was heavy upon the people. Why would I add to the people's burden? They're already, their backs are breaking because of the tax issue and everything else they're going through. And if I charge them for my labor... How much more would that hurt the people? And again, if politicians really had the people in mind, they wouldn't be trying to burden us down. And if pastors all across this land would stop uh, putting burdens upon the people, listen, we need a building project. We need it's going to cost us two million. So if everybody come up here and, and, and force you to come up with things that you really can't listen, I'm trying to make ends meet here, preacher, and 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 do things that you really. Sh- I'm all for building projects, but my friend, I, I think if you build something, it's because God clearly directed you, and and you uh, and God will take care of you. Now, I get letters all the time from different people, ministries usually larger than us, and they usually start off, "God's doing great things," and I here it comes, here it comes. Grab your wallet. And God's blessing in a mighty way. And God is meeting the needs. Blah, 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 blah. But, but, we need $100,000. I thought God was doing great things. Remember in your Bible, in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses wrote those letters to the other nations? God is doing great things here for us in the wilderness and he's providing manna and quails and water. And we're being blessed, but we just need a little extra. So if you people can help us. No, he never did those letters. He never did those, okay? Just help Some of you are like, I don't remember that. That's because it's not in there. God provided a table in the wilderness for the people of God. God's able to take care of God's work. And people will build great buildings. People will have uh, a thousand buses. And people will do all these things because they begged. They're professional beggars. Jerry Falwell was a professional beggar. I remember years ago I used to watch the old time gospel hour. Jerry Falwell. The first ten minutes was begging. 
The next 10 minutes was a sermon, and the last 10 minutes were begging. 20 minutes of begging, telling me how they need money, and the sermon was 10 minutes about how great God is. If God's great, you don't need 20 minutes of begging. All, the, all you need is, is God's people knowing what God's doing and what, you want, and what God wants to do and, and pass the offering plate. That's how it operates. And yet some people put this extra burden on others and, and, and want to make them feel guilty because they're not you know, sharing the burden for Christ. And listen, so What do you do with those letters, preacher, when you get them from people? I have a special filing cabinet in my office. It's a wonderful filing system I have. I take it and I fold it out straight and I, and I push it into the slot and I press a button. And, and, and it goes through this special filing system. And then I hit the button off and I, I've done God's work today. And I go back to, to my Bible and, and asking Jesus to help meet the needs here. I just, I just get aggravated with things. And then people talking about, oh, this great man of God prayed down everything, and yet, no, you, you're asking me for money. One guy wanted $40,000 out of me. So you out of your mind? Or you got to reach New England. I'm trying to reach New Jersey. Everybody's, by the way, you need to know something. Every other place on planet Earth is greater than what we're doing here. Everybody else's ministry is more important than this ministry. Everybody else's ministry needs more money than our ministry. I, I, that's the letters I get. This is a great needy area. So is Carney. People are lost and going to hell. So is Carney. Do you care about this man? Yes, I do, but I can't help him. That's your job. That's why you're there. I got, I got this man over here. Do you care about this man? I say, preacher, you sound aggravated. I do get aggravated. I get aggravated at people who get greedy and, want, uh, and, and don't know how to trust God. Nehemiah was a man who would not do what he did because he didn't want to put an extra burden on people. We pass the plate, and I tell you, listen, if, if, if 60 people can give $300 in the course of 10 months, that would be great. It'll help us meet the needs. But I don't, I don't know who gave. I don't put a gun to anybody's head. I don't make you fill out a form that you promised to do. That. That's between you and God. All I ever expect from any of you is that you better give what belongs to Almighty God in the first place. And if you do that, God will take care of you. And by the way, if the church can't survive on that, then we have no business being here. But if every Christian gave 10% like God Almighty told you to do, the church would do just fine because we'd all operate within our means. So again, he did this because uh, three things why he was living this way. He feared God, his feelings for the people, and he says in verse number 19, Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done to this people. You ought to underline or Mark, verse number 19. Because what's Nehemiah doing? He's asking God for a divine favor. Nehemiah's prayer here reveals his desire for divine favor and approval. He did not seek the praise of men, but he sought the praise of God. Greedy people are only seeking earthly gain. Nehemiah was seeking heavenly gain. You ever see these sports players or Hollywood actors, they go down to the hospital where some kids are sick with cancer and they got 10,000 cameras going in with them. I'm glad you went. But can you ever go without anybody ever knowing you went? Wouldn't it be just good to say, you know, let me go do something for somebody today without having the world know I'm doing it. And if they find out I'm here, 
That's one thing. I'm going to the hospitals today to visit a sick kid and, and talk to him and sign a, well, dude, you, you got your favor. You got your reward. You don't need that. Nehemiah, we do stuff and we do it because we fear God, because we love people, but we're asking God to do something for us in return. Now, God, I've done this right. Now, God, I've done this thing fair. God, I, I haven't been greedy. God, I, I, I've really done good, God. And so, God, would you please bless me for that? That's the, you say, is that a wrong prayer? No, it's a good prayer because you have done right, and you've done good, and you've blessed others, and you've met other needs. And you say, hey, God... I'm over here. Don't forget me, God. I'm here, and, and, and think upon me, God. That's what Nehemiah says, God, think upon me. And the idea is when God thinks upon us, God blesses us. And if you've done right in your prayers tonight, get alongside your bed and say, God, think upon me. God, think upon me and, 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 and do good according, God. Do Bless me according to how I've been a blessing. And what did Jesus say? He says, as you measure and give out how, is how it comes back to you. The way you give is how you receive. That's a biblical principle. And God says when we are cheap and tight and, 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 and it's all about us and, and, and we see somebody else who has a need and don't help them, how can God bless us? Hey God, can you bless me? Why? Well, I need one. Well, you, you weren't a blessing to those other people. It's like having a bucket of chicken. And some guy's starving. He says, hey, can you help me out? I'm going to pray for you. God will help you. And you got the whole, give, throw a guy a couple of chicken legs, amen? Or give the guy the chicken bucket. God will help take care of you. You know, we, we, you've probably done it. You've blessed people. And when you say, you know, I really can't afford to do this right now. But, and the Holy Spirit's going, go ahead. But God, I don't know got it. Go ahead. Give it to him. I'll take care of you. But God, you know, I, I really, no, just do good. And I'll, I'll, I'll make sure it's taken care of. I'll, I'll meet your needs. So Nehemiah did what he did because, again, his prayer reveals his desire for God to favor him and God to bless him. And everything we ought to do ought to be done because if we do it honestly, out of a pure heart, because, again, at the end of the day, I want God to bless me. And God's not going to bless me if I'm greedy and if I'm cheap and if I'm a scoundrel. I can expect nothing from Almighty God. Again, you can make a lot of money in this world, and churches can become rich. There's million-dollar pastors in this country, but they don't, get a, they don't get a prayer answered from Almighty God. They're just really good. Whatever the word is, they're shakedown artists. They're just really good at begging for money. It's a cry, oh God. Some preachers, they can't, everything they do is crying. <laughs> and as soon as the service is over, hey, how you doing? It's like, dude, you don't shut it off and on like that. But they're good at it, and people fall for it. But God sees it. God sees it. You want to be blessed by God because you do right, and you're honest, and you're a blessing to other people. And, and we can be like Nehemiah. So this chapter gives us two contrasts. We see one group of people who enslaved and hurt and, and, and hindered and, and were, were just awful human beings. And then we have Nehemiah. And my friend, we don't have those people's names, but we have Nehemiah. And we've had Nehemiah's name for the last 
2,000 plus years, where would this be? This would be somewhere around uh, 2,500 years ago in that time frame. Every Christian knows Nehemiah. Why? Because God blessed him. And God's blessings don't always come with money. They just don't. God's blessings come a thousand ways that you will never see. You don't even know what God did for you. But God took care of you. And God watched. He put that hedge of protection about you. What's the Bible say? He says that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. What's that mean? God puts his angels of protection about you so Satan can't get at you. Why? Because you fear God. You, do what, you, you act like Nehemiah. You don't know what Satan would have done to you. You don't know what heartache you may have had. You don't know what accidents you may have had because you had some spiritual barrier around you. Job had that spiritual barrier around him and God removed it for a short time and Satan tore him up. We need a hedge of protection. God, keep that hedge of protection around me as I continue to do good and fear you and do what's right. And be in Nehemiah. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for godly men like Nehemiah who do right. They bless people. They give. They sacrifice their time and hours. They look for no praise or or glory or honor. It's all about you and, and doing the work of Almighty God. And Lord, I thank you for the people who work tirelessly here and do the things they do. And nobody may ever know their names. Nobody will ever see what they do. They just do it because they love you and they want to please you. I pray you'll help us as a church, Lord, to be a church that pleases you and does right. And Lord, let us never be greedy. Let us never desire anything that, Lord, you do not want us to have. Anything we ever get, anything we ever receive is because you blessed us with it. You took care of it and you laid it upon some saint's heart to to provide for it. 